0: Hey, I'm Bruce Weinstein, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and
1: Mark. And I'm Mark Scarborough, and together Bruce and I are writing our 36th cookbook, but this fall, our 35th cookbook is being published. It is The Instant Air Fryer Bible, a air frying book geared toward the air fryers that come from the instant brands the omni and the vortex it has step by step photograph by photograph recipes in it i can't stress enough how much i loved eating through the recipes for that book but we're talking about something that almost never goes in an air fryer (laughs) plus we've got a cooking tip and as always we have our patented segment what's making
0: us happy in food this week so let's get started We're going to talk about tomatoes, and that's what Mark said, rarely goes into an air fryer. I mean, you could put <laughs> I them in, but, you, you know. could. I suppose there is.
1: We've never tried it. I suppose people do air fry fried green tomatoes.
0: Mm-hmm. You can, and you could put tomatoes in a little baking dish and air fry them until they break down into a sauce. I suppose we you could
1: do good. that. I, You know, I wonder about this because we have never tried this. I wonder about air frying g- fried green tomatoes because part of the frying process of fried green tomatoes is they sit in that super hot oil and soften mm. they're hard
0: they are I think the heat from the air fryer might help soften them but you're right without the wet going on you might not get as good a dry green tomato.
1: it be and and also we, you, you may know this and uh, we certainly know this from having written enough air fryer books at this point and more on the way Uh, really corn mealy and fine coatings blow off in an air fryer. There's a million videos on YouTube of people making, oh, I don't know what, cornmeal dusted catfish fillets. And we both know, that they're lying that <laughs> the, the final product didn't come out that way because honestly you can bl- and you can blow a wet batter right off something
0: yeah you have to be really careful with what you coat going in an air fryer so yep. tomatoes aren't something we do um in the air fryer but we're recording this in august the height of summer tomato season and i don't want to cook any of the tomatoes we're getting right no. now from the farmers markets they're just so no. amazing we were out to dinner last night to a really nice italian restaurant and right. one of the friends we were with, she had a tomato caprese salad to start. And, oh, my goodness, those tomatoes. When she ordered it, the
1: waiter said, well, it's summer. Why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> so and yeah, indeed. We, we It was fun to be there. But we also grow our own tomatoes. And they are uh, still producing for us. We grow them in hanging pots, believe it or not. And they hang off the back of our garage in rural New England. There's two reasons for that. One is to keep them out. Uh, up above, as I call them, furry well wishers yeah. who want to eat all kinds of things from squirrels to bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have the, as I call them, the hanging tomato gardens of Babylon. <laughs> Off the back <laughs> of our garage, and it gets the afternoon really hot. It
0: does, and burning they, heat. Not only direct sun like that, but it bounces off of the garage. Yeah. So it just they, they're so hot that they they're so sweet and lovely. They're
1: so sweet, and it's just a watering nightmare that goes on in the hanging tomato gardens of Babylon. But it doesn't matter because the tomatoes come in for months, and it's such a treat. And I love uh, more than anything, and this must be the southern boy in me, I. I love a big, fat, ripe globe tomato sliced with salt on it. I think there's Mm -hmm. almost nothing better than that.
0: Yeah, and I actually just want to have it like on a sandwich with nothing. Just like the tomato, maybe a little salt mayonnaise on bread. But, oh, the old southern thing yeah, with the
1: mayonnaise but, on, and the tomato sandwich. But
0: there is nothing as good as a BLT this time of year. In fact, you can finally, if you live in the area, go into Rubiners. It is a cheese shop and a sandwich place in Great Barrington. <laughs> and finally, ask for a tomato <laughs> slice on your sandwich. They
1: won't serve tomatoes unless they are at the peak of ripeness. And they have that, a sign about it. We, we've been told people have been essentially run out for <laughs> asking for a tomato in November. But... <laughs> Um, uh, yes, you can. And the tomatoes are really great across the United States and Canada right now. And I understand across most of Central Europe, except for the horrid drought, the tomatoes are in and they are, wow, fabulous. And now is the time to indulge your tomato fetish. They're also, though, expensive. I said tomato fetish. You
0: did say tomato fetish. I'm not going there because I just want to eat them. I don't want okay. to do anything well, else with I might them. I don't want to take one to bed, but okay, mm, go, for on. You. Please, go on. Please go on. I need to buy some rubber sheets. Um, So we could finally also spend $6 on a single tomato at the local farmer's market. And that seems a lot of money. And the question is, is it worth it? And my answer is, you bet. it. It is worth it. But let me say something about
1: spending $6 for the tomato at a farmer's market. Pick it up and put it not on your nose, but near your nose and smell it, particularly the stem end. It needs to smell like a ripe tomato. This is key crucial. If you go in a good farm stand the way we have a good farm stand here in rural New England near us, you open the door at the time of year and you can smell the tomatoes the minute Mm. you open Mm -hmm. the door. It is key, crucial that you give it the smell test. If it doesn't smell like It's a dating rule too. Um,
0: Because If it doesn't smell like a tomato, (laughs) it won't taste like a tomato. And I do not want the analogy for dating. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's worth it. if, look, if you can't afford six dollars for tomato, we get it. I understand. Mm. And there are some ways around that. Mm. All times of the year, the cherry tomatoes in the supermarket are usually, Really delicious. They are, and they, you can they often remain get good. they remain good. And you can often get a big container of them for five dollars, which is a lot more tomato than the single one at the farm stand.
1: It is, and the grape tomatoes too. Those yellow, especially I find the yellow grape tomatoes are particularly good in the middle of the winter when you need a tomato fix. I find that those. Are they're sweet. They're delicious. They're not. Are they as perfect as the tomatoes that come off the hanging tomato gardens of Babylon? <laughs> no, they're not. But they are an adequate way around the problem. A lot of people buy those Campari tomatoes that came in
0: uh, what, what 10, 15 years ago, the ones that are on the stems Mm -hmm. and they're in the the little plastic containers they're very sweet year-round they're very good but they are also upwards of six dollars a pound but you can get a good tomato that way the in non-tomato season um, but supermarket plum tomatoes are something I would suggest you avoid most of the time. I, it's, this is a really funny point. When we started our food
1: career, the, it was a second career for both of us. Bruce had been in advertising and I had been an academic. We started this career and published our first book in 99 and it was uh, the beginning of our food career and back then the standard advice was if tomatoes were out of season go for Italian or plum tomatoes, the uh, long elongated, oblong, somewhere with a pointy end, tomatoes. And I think... That While that used to be the go-to when tomatoes were out of season, I think they have become uniformly pretty
0: bad. They are – you know what? I think they're kind of like bananas, which they pick green so they could mm-hmm. ship them. Mm-hmm. They grow and pick these plum tomatoes to withstand shipping, mm-hmm. and I find them to be hard, bland, dry, and mostly tasteless. Now I do,
1: too. Now I think that probably if you went to a California farm stand or you went to a Southern – France farm stand or a central Italy farm stand, and they were having the plum or it as we say in the United States Italian tomatoes. I think they would be, of course, much much better. But just the routine standard ones that come into our New England supermarkets in, say, November. It used to be the go-to. It used to be what you said as a cookbook writer. Well, if you can't find you know good fresh tomatoes, use the plum tomatoes. Now I. God, they, they are so dry and mm-hmm. thick-skinned, right? And, they, and
0: they, mealy, too. Yeah. I, they just, I it's don't weird.
1: Like it's weird how that's all worked out over time and how it has changed from what used to be standard wisdom.
0: I would rather get a canned tomato in the winter than get an Italian plum tomato. And True. canned plum tomatoes are delicious canned tomatoes they have different varieties you can get the honest to goodness italian marzano tomatoes in yep. a can yep. you can get marzano style tomatoes you could just get generic and marzanos
1: chop. are totally worth it oh, in yeah. my opinion totally worth the markup on the can uh, but they are expensive yep. compared yep. to you know just the supermarket brands canned of tomatoes. they are
0: but you can like melt a stick of butter and throw in a can of those marzano <laughs> tomatoes chopped up let it simmer 20 minutes and you would have the most amazing sauce for pasta ever
1: yeah and we say this a lot in our cookbooks but i think it bears repeating on the podcast and that is if you really are serious about your cooking game and you really want to up your cooking game the best 15 bucks you can spend is to go buy several cans varieties of tomatoes open them and taste them you listen you can freeze them and save them you don't have to waste them Mm -hmm. But you taste each one. Just put put your spoon in there. Tear off a little piece of the canned tomato. Eat it with the broth or the sauce or the juice that's in there. And you will see a vast difference in quality amongst various brands. Some will be way too salty for your taste. Some will be salty right for your taste. Some will be bland and flavorless. Some will be
0: sweet. Some will be more tomatoey. Some yep. will be less tomatoey. Yep. But I would recommend also that you get the same style. Whatever brand you're getting. And get all whole tomatoes or all diced tomatoes or all crushed tomatoes yeah so however they process it get that and for your 15 dollars, you could probably get anywhere from five to seven maybe even 10 cans depending on where you find some on sale and as mark said freeze them afterwards you could still use them even if they weren't your favorite ones yeah you but, could still use but them. from
1: now on you'll know yeah. what canned tomatoes work like but listen there is nothing like a fresh tomato in the middle of the mm, summer. Mm. So, hi thee to thy lo- local farmer's market. <laughs> See, I wasn't academic. Hie thee to thy local farmer's market or, you know, get someplace where there is an honest supermarket that has some local produce and check out the tomatoes right now. Like, pause this podcast <laughs> and go check them out. Before we get to our next segment, let me say that it would be great if you could rate this podcast. We would super appreciate a rating. We are doing this under our own aegis and under our own steam. And it's nice to see the ratings that come up because it helps us continue on with this project. It helps us better connect to you. I saw somebody post just this week that they love to start their week with this podcast. Thank you so much for saying that. That honestly made my day when I read that at the bottom of the Apple podcast, thank you for taking the time to do that. And we certainly appreciate it. Okay. Up next are patented one.
0: Everything we do is patented, isn't it? <laughs> yo, our patented yo. one minute cooking tip, just like canned tomatoes. I want you to go and buy a whole bunch of different canned and packaged chicken broths, warm them up, Taste them like they're soup because you probably use chicken broth a lot in your cooking. And if you taste them, you'll know which is your favorite, which one's not too salty, which one's not too oniony, oh, I mean, which has so oniony. Yeah, which so has onion-y. the most chickeny flavor that you think is good for you, and then that's the brand you should buy. And from if now you on. are a vegetarian or a vegan,
1: do the same with vegetable mm-hmm. broths. Mm-hmm. And do not be fooled into thinking that the most expensive. Or the best branded packaging or the celebrity packaging is necessarily the best. It's not. It's all based on your taste. And I find that there, as Bruce has said, there's a wide variety of chicken broth. I find there's an even wider variety of vegetable broth that is packaged. There are. Water.
0: And don't be fooled by the word bone on the package. No. Bone broth? What is broth? It is made from bones. So there you go.
1: At this spot in the podcast, we usually include an interview with a chef or a cookbook author. But in this episode of our podcast, Cooking with Bruce and Mark, Bruce apparently has a surprise segment. And I tell you that I have no clue what's going on. So it's really weird because usually we sit down with kind of a rough script and I kind of maybe know what's going on. I all it says here is surprise.
0: And under the table, where we're recording, I have a bag, and I am going to take out of this bag. We are doing.
1: It's really loud. Yeah,
0: well, we're doing taste tests of three new products. Oh, and we're gonna do them one at a time. Yeah, sure. Why not? Wait,
1: okay. We're doing taste tests, and yesterday we stopped at a Walgreens because you said you (laughs) were doing. We were doing something. What Walgreens? So
0: this is the first taste test. This is a seasonal product. This is brought. Candy corn, but it's oh, ex- exclusive to Walgreens. This is tailgate candy corn, and there are five flavors oh, in here. And what the flavors are fruit punch, vanilla ice cream, popcorn, hamburger, and hot dog. So, you don't want to take a whole handful of these, you want to like eat them one at a time. <laughs>
1: This is so, I have a reputation in the food community. Oh, God. I wish you could see these. They are kind of pastelly colored. (laughs) They, they're
0: liars. Pastels are happy. And I've got water here so we could wash the taste out of our mouths. You know what?
1: I think that this one is really brown and gross. And so I think it's going to be gross. Try
0: it. Tell me what it is.
1: I don't know.
0: (laughs) All right. I'm trying a yellow one. Mm. I don't know. This one's popcorn. It doesn't taste as good as Jelly Belly's popcorn, but it's not bad. I think that was maybe
1: supposed to be a hamburger. <laughs> maybe I don't know what that was. Wait, I'm trying to breathe in and see
0: oh, if yeah, that was popcorn. I'm still getting fake popcorn.
1: I'm just getting
0: sweet. Oh, uh, right. well, that's candy
1: corn. Oh, I need another one.
0: Mm. that one's fruit punch. Definitely. So I've had the popcorn and the fruit punch.
1: You know, I have written a lot of cookbooks and been involved in the food industry a lot and been hired by it to be spokesperson for all kinds of entities in this world. And these flavors defy me.
0: I haven't gotten a hot dog or hamburger yet. That's you know, the I ones have, I'm trying to get.
1: That was fruit punch. But I think I only knew that because you told me that.
0: Oh, that's disgusting. I think that's supposed to be hamburger. It's like the worst of the rancid meat with sugar added to it.
1: I'm not a fan of candy corn as it is. Okay, so now we're going to do true confessions in our podcast. Yeah. I'm not a grand fan of corn, and Bruce knows this. I mean, it's okay. And when, you know, the corn love in the I that comb, you're
0: comparing corn to candy corn. I know. See, but this is my <laughs> whole problem.
1: And when the corn comes in in New England, it's usually really late in August where we live uh, because we live so far north. And a couple of ears of corn are fine. And I'm liking this year corn in fresh raw salads, like mm. chopped salads. But I'm not I'm not just a crazed person. I don't go like insane the way people do over corn or corn on the cob. It's like, all right, that's nice. Where's my artichoke?
0: Well, this is so, not corn flavored. These are, first of all, candy corn is just corn syrup flavored. <laughs> and these are weird. I think the popcorn was good because I do like the popcorn from Jelly Belly's, and this came the closest to that. I,
1: okay, I like the Jelly Belly's weird flavors, and those are um, largely unsuccessful. Now, what else am I doing?
0: Okay, so now I'm going to reach into my bag of tricks. Now, we have talked a lot about the weird flavors Oreos do. Oh. So we have Oreos, and these are, Mark can read the package, Neapolitan.
1: You mean waffle cone flavored cookies with vanilla, strawberry, and chocolate. Oh, I'm sure it's all completely 100% real.
0: <laughs> so, oh, no. It's the three flavors in each cookie. Well, it's cookie. Neapolitan. Yeah, but who eats all three flavors together when yeah, you scoop no, out that ice either. cream? We didn't either. First, you scoop out the vanilla. No. Then you scoop out the chocolate. No. Then you scoop out the strawberry. No, my
1: house. Growing up, you scooped out the strawberry, <laughs> then the chocolate. and the My father only liked vanilla ice cream. Because we so. saved it. At the end, I going
0: to say. First of all, there's too much cream in it. I like the the thin Oreos with less cream.
1: I'm still. It does taste like. A, yeah, I'm. I'm not kind of talk. It's got my <laughs> tongue up. Um, it does taste like a waffle cone. Mm-hmm. Neapolitan. I don't know. Um, there's actually a little cinnamon in that waffle cone. Cone part is crunchier than even a normal Oreo, so that wins my vote. It does. Uh, I like that part because it's so crunchy, but I don't, I don't really get the Neapol. No, I'm, just, I'm getting I'm a little ice cream sweet. flavor.
0: Yeah, they're very sweet. they that's the thing. I'm just we don't usually sugar. Mark and I don't eat this kind of stuff on a regular basis. No. So we're not used to the sweet. No, I don't eat that much. Just
1: sheer sugar, and so. This Well, I mean, you know, and listen, I I love sugar, and I love desserts, and I begged for a big French dessert this past weekend. I love all that kind of stuff, but uh, I know I sound pathetic. I begged for a French dessert. Well, anyway, I did, and so um, that's really horrid, Uh, but... I don't eat sugar like this. I I I can't remember the last time I've really eaten a candy bar. I probably ate one on a podcast once with, that we did because we were tasting something.
0: But we talked about candy bars in the car. Actually, on the way to Walgreens, I didn't tell Mark why I was going in, but we talked about candy bars, and I we were talking about like Snickers bars, and I said, "Well, you know, they're like a dollar seventy-five now." And your reaction was incredible. You were yeah, like, I "Still, like, I remember when they were twenty cents." <laughs> I remember when
1: I remember. Oh, I'll tell the story. I remember when I was a little kid. And so this would be the 70s, and there was a jack-in-the-box about a block from my house. My house was in a subdivision, and then if you walked about a block out, you came to a main road, and and then beyond, just across that road was this jack-in-the-box. And my mom would give me, and I'd go with friends, give me a buck, a dollar (laughs) for lunch, and I would walk up there... And for a dollar, I would get a hamburger and a shake and I don't even know what. And then I would still have money left to go to the Key Hall, and buy. <laughs> And buy candy bars. And candy bars were $0. $0.09, $0. $0.10, $0. $0.11. And then I do remember, oh, gosh, this is how old I am in college when they went to $0. $0.25. <laughs> and it was $0. $0.25 for a stickers bar. And that seemed, like, ridiculous. Oh, my God, who would pay for such things? But um, listen, I'm so old that I remember the first 8-track tapes in cars. <laughs> so I'm pretty old. I remember no air conditioning in cars. Oh. Uh, well, I do too. I remember when my family installed air conditioning under the dashboard of our Galaxy Oh, they okay, did it drip water all uh-huh, over uh-huh, the seat? uh uh-huh, uh-huh. the,
0: the, uh-huh, <laughs> all uh-huh, <laughs> over
1: the floor, all over my mother's feet. And if my mother liked it, and she would take her sandals off in the summer because the cold water would drip <laughs> on her feet, and she thought it was cooling. So there you go. Okay. We made the best of a bad situation, and I'm not making the best of that candy corn, although the Oreos, mm, well, at least it's really, really, really crunchy on the outside.
0: Well, there's one more. I'm reaching into my. Tricks. If
1: you hear anything else going on, I'm drinking water
0: to Okay, get well, some of this. now what did come out of the thing first are glassware Glasses. because we're going to taste a beverage. It was Coca Cola Dream World Flavor. Dr- Look, what does it say at the very bottom of the can there?
1: Zero calorie cola
0: dream flavored. <laughs>
1: What, what flavor well, are we my just, dreams? Well, we just got
0: finished watching this the uh, series The Sandman. Of course, so, because we're both 13. <laughs> so I thought we're going to try dream-flavored Coke. Uh, well, there it is. and here... It looks like Coke. I have no idea what to expect.
1: Oh, it smells like kiwi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do your dreams smell like kiwi? Uh, no. they. Do. In fact, they don't. I've never dreamed in kiwi. It does taste a little like Coke, but there's a fruitiness to it. Even though this is the zero sugar, it's actually sweeter.
1: God, why is everything so
0: sweet? It's sweeter than Diet Coke, and Diet Coke is sweet.
1: I don't, Wow. Okay, that tastes kind of like Hawaiian
0: punch, punch mixed with Coke.
1: It tastes like fruit cocktail. That's it. It tastes like what my aunt would serve: fruit cocktail. The
0: pear, little pear dices in that would be mm-hmm. most disgusting.
1: Oh no, with the grapes! I always pick the grapes out because I thought they're the best.
0: Canned grapes. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, yeah, with a dollop of. Cream cheese mixed with pecans. And that so made
0: it a it. salad. Oh, yeah, it's a salad.
1: Duh. <laughs> anyway, that's what it tastes like. It tastes like canned fruit cocktail mixed with Coke.
0: Well, maybe if I put a little rum or tequila so a in dream, it.
1: Why do they call it dream?
0: Dream flavored. If your dreams, you know, taste like kiwi or fruit punch, I want to know about it. So you can actually tell us about your dreams yeah. at the Facebook group Cooking with Bruce and Mark. Um, tell us about your dreams. We'd
1: love to hear about or them. Or maybe you want to try one of these and let us know that you think they're better than I do. Again, I approve of the crunch of the outside of the Neapolitan <laughs> Oreos. The candy corn stuff, I don't even get. I did, I mean, I guess one of them t- tasted like fruit punch, but I think I was just knowing that because Bruce said it. And the dream-flavored Coke, I what in the world i might um, dream flavor yeah no there's no axe murderer chasing me <laughs> with that coke so it's not like my dreams at all oh but perhaps i've said too much well um that's really interesting so i guess we have to head off to the last part of this podcast okay our final and patented it's always patented everything we do is patented you should hear us at the trademark office we (laughs) bother them all the time our patented last segment what's making us happy in food this week and i get to go first we had a friend who had a birthday this week, a big birthday. Well, he didn't flip it uh, first digit, but it's still
0: 87 significant. 87 years old. Significant,
1: right? 87. It was a significant birthday. And we had a beautiful birthday celebration out in a restaurant. Bruce already mentioned the salad, the caprese salad that got ordered mm. at that birthday celebration at that restaurant. But we brought our friend a bottle of Calumet. 15 year bourbon as a very special present. And I want to tell you that I drink a lot of bourbon. I love bourbon and i have never tasted a bourbon like this it
0: tasted like caramel it just tasted like syrup it, it was amazing it
1: was unbelievable it was so, so smooth i put a little bit of water in it as we say bourbon and branch just a little water in it and man was it fine well it needed the water it
0: was 105 proof it
1: did <laughs> <laughs> it didn't the water for sure what's yeah. making you happy for this week
0: Veal cutlets, because Uh, at that same dinner, I had the veal cutlet Milanese, and it was a veal chop. Basically, it was a ribeye, bone-in ribeye veal chop that had been Frenched and basically looked like a tomahawk steak, and they had coated this veal meat in their house. They pounded it, Yeah, they pounded it to about three-quarters of an inch thick, and they coated it in their homemade sourdough breadcrumbs. And they skillet fried it crispy with olive oil and butter, shoved it in the oven to finish it, served it with a little salad and roasted potatoes. I squeezed fresh lemon wedges on it. It was tasty. It was beyond amazing. It was
1: really, really tasty. I steered away from it because I was too afraid of the word cutlet. The word (laughs) cutlet struck me as, oh no, I don't want a cutlet. Thank you. I can have that at home. But I think your meal beat mine all around. So that's our podcast this week on Cooking with and Mark. Thanks for being a part of this journey with us thanks for being here if you'd like to talk more about tomatoes if you have any uh, recommendations on growing tomatoes or tomatoes that grow well for you drop them on our facebook group cooking with bruce and mark where this episode will get dropped once it airs you can comment there we would love to hear from you and
0: connect with you on any social media platform so come back and join us for another episode next week of cooking with bruce and mark